Thank you for listening in right now. Glad you could join us. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's have a conversation. Connect with Greener Thoughts online by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in the show notes. You can also connect via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. A special announcement for this podcast episode. I just want to wish everyone a happy Black History Month and I hope you are celebrating well, learning as much as you can about Black History this month and every uh, single day that you can every year. Um, but we make it really, really special, of course, every February. So go ahead and celebrate and have fun and learn as much as you can. So next up is the segment, Headlines from the Hemispheres. It's just a quick briefing on environmental news globally. So next is the different type of headline. It's all about the sex life of trees and how they're recently uh, being affected right now. So as as warm winters mess with nut trees' sex lives, farmers help them Netflix and chill. NPR.org in the environment section is where you can check out more of that news. So it really looks like, you know, it's a totally um, haphazard, you know, Netflix and chill situation here. And, you know, that's not just for couples or situationships, etc. So with the cold, it's, you know, a crucial ingredient to California's walnuts and their cherries, peaches, pears, pistachios, all of these types of foods, they travel all across the U.S. and they're crucial uh, in uh, getting to our plate. So that cold factor is what's needed to cultivate those types of crops. And California is really special in that it grows about 99% of the U.S.'s uh, walnut and also pistachio crop. Now with the winter, in the winter, those trees, all the trees that I mentioned, all those um you know, crop trees, fruit trees, nut trees, they are essentially naked um, with nothing on them in the winter. And then um, they take the time to awaken and to reproduce um, is the goal, is the end goal of these trees. So in March or even in April, um, if everything is A-OK, then the trees will go ahead and bloom and uh, the wind will carry the male uh, trees' pollen to the females. Now, pistachios and the other uh, types of trees that we talked about, uh, they will experience chill hours. And this means that they are spending hundreds of hours below 45 degrees temperature-wise. So without that sort of downtime, those trees aren't going to normally wake up in the spring and they're going to bloom late and even erratically. So unfortunately, many times and not since the year 2010, the timing has been out of whack and it's been totally off kilter with all those types of trees, those nut trees, those types of fruit trees. 
And so the male trees, they haven't bloomed um, simultaneously as the females. And so it's all because winter is really too warm. Next, I want to talk about the other headline about biodegradable wrappers, and it could be really the next best thing. So this biodegradable edible wrapper could replace single-use plastics for food. And you can check out more about it on MNN.com. So SCOBY is a uniquely made bacteria fermentation process. It has tons of different layers to it, and it's all about membrane matter, which is really, um, you know, sticky, um, of course, natural organic matter there. And it was crafted by this Polish designer, Rosa Janus. And she makes things like kombucha culture, bacteria, yeast, agricultural waste. And the process generally takes two weeks. So you got to wait for that goodness. And um, a, a, a sheet is uh, made to grow and is turned into food packaging material. And with this whole process, it really does have a payoff factor to it. Uh, because you can keep food fresh for longer, at least six months longer uh, as a whole. And there are so many different projects that she's been working on, uh, so many different sustainable projects as a whole. So if you would like to go ahead and check out more about what Janice is doing, you can go to the website makegrowlab.com. Lastly is information about Texas and a political uh, sort of sphere that's going on in Texas right now. And it's about the Green New Deal. So Texas is the next battleground for the Green New Deal. And you can check out more about that story on HuffPost or Huffington Post. Same thing. So the Sunrise Movement is uh, something new that I didn't even know what it was uh, called around in the U.S. It's pulling back its actual efforts from the presidential contest and redirecting its efforts towards a trio. Three, um, as far as on March the 3rd, congressional primaries in Texas are hoping uh, that a victory in the oil and gas industry's mecca will add momentum to the two-year-old Green New Deal movement. So the plans uh, with the group, those in the Sunrise Movement, are to directly... Uh, nearly affect the 350 local chapters across the country, so across the U.S. So with the Sunrise Movement, they're making uh, calls, phone calls, to three very important candidates. These candidates are Heidi Sloan, a Democratic Socialist who's running on the Green New Deal, also Democratic uh, uh, Representative uh, Henry Kolars, he's the left-wing challenger of uh, Jessica Cisneros, and then also Mike Siegel, the progressive Green New Dealer. So the news out of this podcast episode comes mainly from Environmental News Network, ENN.com. The reason for this episode is because, as we all know, water is super important to life. And I, I think that it's important to respect water for what it is and to realize, you know, where it's coming from, if you can trust your water. So we're going to look at these important, you know, new th- things in water 
and most importantly, some new research, some quick research. But um, I think that with learning about water um, and, and standards of water, where it's coming from, you know, I think that we should all be in on how we're being affected, how, you know, where you are in the socioeconomic sphere, how you're treated, you know, based on factors that are either in or outside of your control. Uh, and with water, it's an everyday need for us as humans. And I've talked about it in a few different episodes about it. I want to talk more about it. I want you to, you know, engage upon it. You know, maybe talk about your uh, issues surrounding water, how it affects you locally. I would love to hear your stories. Uh, so we're going to jump into the topic and learn and learn how uh, water can most affect us depending on who we are and where we live. So let's jump into the point here and we're going to get into the water worry. So as far as water, we're going to jump into who is most affected by questionable water standards. So as far as the information, Recent research is from the C.S. Mott Children's Hospital, the National Poll on Children's Health at the University of Michigan. And so there were parents that um, were saying that those from lower income families are really less likely to describe their home tap water as safe. And so they say that their water hasn't been uh, tested or they don't even feel confident in the quality of water, the drinking water. Uh, the, from the fountains even, or even from their uh, child's school compared with those of higher incomes, uh, their other peers at school. And this is what the, the national uh, poll suggests. 66% or two-thirds of parents from households earning over $100,000 report that both home tap water and also school drinking fountains are safe for uh, their child to drink. So that's compared to half. So slashing that in half, 50% of those earning under $50,000 per year. So annually, according to the poll, they do not feel uh, that their security in their child's uh, drinking water, even at school. And so the poll was pretty uh, diverse. It consisted of a ton of different answers and represented those from all across the nation, all across the U.S., and it was based on responses from close to 2,000 parents, so approximately uh, 1,940 parents, and their child was at least um, 2 to 18 years old, and they at least had one uh, child. So overall, three in four parents, or at least 75% um, of parents, say that their home tap water is safe for their child to drink, but then there was another 13% that say that the tap water is not safe and 11% just aren't sure and they just don't know. And that feedback was consistent regardless of whether the home water source was city water or rural uh, water as far as like a, a water system there or even well water. Now when it comes to uh, kids and children at school or maybe even preschool, there was a high percentage of parents, about almost 70%, it was exactly 68% of parents polled 
they believed that it was safe for uh, them to drink and use that uh, drinking fountain. But then there was 5% of parents that say that overall they think that drinking fountains are unsafe. And then there was a high percentage um, of those who said that they're, you know, unsure, 27%. Now let's jump to what, you know, what you don't know water-wise might hurt you. So what you don't know about the systems that control the water that may or may not be keeping you safe this is some information to think about. So let's go ahead and dive into the 33% of parents who believe that the city or county that they live in may, you know, be able to notify them if there was a problem in their uh, home water supply. 33% of parents believe that, and they're putting their trust in uh, their waterworks companies and the in the utility companies that control water. There are tons of parents that may not know how their city or even their county works and communicates things like water uh, testing results. So it's really not right for the parents or any parent to really assume, uh, you know, information about water safety because they can literally just go ahead and, you know, find it out through their local government, uh, their websites available, and also their community's water treatment plan. That's also an option. There's also information about, you know, public water supply tests. Those things can, you know, not really detect contamination because they usually, you know, occurs within the home, such as things from like a lead pipe that you may have within your home. And then uh, families, anyone who's relying on something like residential well water, they should also do additional testing for themselves. Now, for more information, you can go ahead and check out the show notes for a nifty set of infographics used in the research. And then I will leave you with a notable quotable. So Sarah Clark, she's the uh, Montpole co-director. She says, quote, only three quarters of parents polled said their home tap water is safe to drink with substantial differences by household income. Disparities in access to safe drinking water for children is a significant public health issue that warrants attention. End quote. I love water as much as the next person. I I do drink it quite a bit every day. As far as my intake, it used to be about four to five twelve ounce containers in my reusable Contigo container. But, you know, there are times where I cut back or even drink more. I I, I know that water is a multifaceted issue, um, not just in the U.S., but worldwide. And so what I want to know is how you feel about water. Because... You know, water is essential to life, but there's so many times where people are questioning why it's so essential to protecting it when it's really simple. You'll die because of it. You know, people are asking the questions that matter. Where is my water coming from? Is it safe? You have the parents here having doubts about whether their water is safe for their kids. And that's a problem. Not even just in the U.S. period. That's a problem. That's an issue. And I'm really happy that the poll exposed that and they exposed the cracks in the system. 
that you can you cannot always trust your water utility company. They may not have your best interest at heart. Sixteen percent of parents say that they would they would know if their water is unsafe by its taste or smell uh, regarding um, information in the poll. That's the number uh, of parents that said that, and you know that's definitely not the case because when you think about it, there are some contaminants like lead, like maybe arsenic that have no taste, no color, no odor. So you cannot tell necessarily if your water is is bad, is polluted, if there's something wrong with it just by looking at it. 33% of parents believe that their city or, or county would in fact notify them if there was a problem with their home water supply. That's what we covered in the research, in the news. And it's not so clear. You cannot trust your city or your county's um, pages or or the public officials who are put there to protect you. That doesn't always happen. And as we've seen with recent events around in the U.S., for example, there are different cities that have um, deliberately hidden the fact that their waterways are polluted and their water systems are um, dismantled and they're they're broken and so I want to jump to that a little bit so as far as the Guardian it's one of the best sources I freaking love um, even if it's across the pond and it's not necessarily um, tied to like U.S. news back in December 2019 they did a fabulous article and they broke down a ton of different things and one of them is that they talked plainly but very straightforward about the Flint water crisis. And they discussed how the email exchanges that were showed by uh, senior employees, they actually knew that the Michigan residents might risk being exposed by, uh, being poisoned by their tap water months before the city ever admitted to a problem. So you see, this is a prime example of the governments, the counties, the systems that are put in place to monitor and try to safeguard the water, they they disregard the safety of their own citizens that they are put um, to protect. You know, they're public faces, they're public officers, and you think that they protect you when that is just not the case. March 22nd is World Water Day, and so I want to talk about seven U.S. cities with uh, water cont- contamination problems that are just as bad as Flint, Michigan's. So I want to safeguard anyone who happens to you know, be around these cities. Maybe you know of the strife and the hardship and the pain and the complete worry that you have about your water systems. You know, one of them, the top one, is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And they have dangerous water uh, testing methods that they've put their residents' health in harm's way way too long. Second is Chicago, Illinois. And even the Chicago Tribune, they went ahead and reported that 80% of the properties in Chicago are hooked up to service lines that are made of lead. So they know that they're made of lead. 80, 80% of properties are that way. And so they're mostly seen in neighborhoods that are low income and also uh neighborhoods that are predominantly black neighborhoods on both the west and also the south sides. Number three is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
and they have 176,000 lead pipes that are providing drinking water to all the homes and businesses, and those are at risk. And, you know, they have the nerve to go ahead and finance a half a billion dollar new basketball arena just for their Milwaukee Bucks, but they can't remove deadly lead piping? There's a disconnect there, and it makes no sense. Number four is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they have an estimated 25% of their 80,000 people uh, that uh, use the water, they get it from lead service lines already. Number five is Baltimore, uh, Maryland, and so that's where officials, they went ahead and sampled and collected tons of water samples in 2015. And those had elevated lead lead levels in them that were found in homes in places like East Baltimore and also North Baltimore. Number six is Boston, Massachusetts, where they had 300 public school buildings in Massachusetts alone that were shown to have more than 50% uh, that had at least one sample of lead levels above regulatory limits. And then lastly, number seven, horribly, Trenton, New Jersey, they even admit their New Jersey education officials, they even state that 21% of their, or 21 of their school districts have elevated levels of lead in their drinking water. So in the Mother Earth Minutes, it's where we review in the next few minutes proactive things we can do to combat the issue in the episode and as always protect Mother Earth. The message for this podcast episode and this Mother Earth Minutes is that no one should have to guess if their water is safe or not. So let's make it easy and let's talk about some simple steps that we can all do together. The first one is that if your homes have water that is tested and it's unsafe, you can go ahead and attach a filter to your faucet to make it sufficient enough to go ahead and remove a contaminant like lead, like arsenic, like even copper, like any other uh, type of component that's not supposed to be in your water. Because not every filter is the same, of course, not every country has the same standards when it comes to water water filters. So to make it easy on everyone, I just suggest, you know, you search different terms, like something general, and then specify it to maybe your country's or your region's uh, needs. Something like the best ranked water filters is fine, or maybe even the, the best refrigerator water filters ranked. I love ranking systems because it shows how exactly a product goes ahead and stacks against others. You know, you get into the fine details about a product's price, availability, pros and cons about it, the number of stars and reviews it has. I love when there's a a countdown and there is a specific rank to a product because you know that it has some competition. So, So with water filters, that's a good way to go. So you can search for those terms and find one that works. Number two tip is to go ahead and ask, and or even I should say I should say demand 
that your school requires testing for things like lead in their drinking water. Some, an organization like the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, recommends that schools test their drinking water for lead to confirm if it is safe for students. But, you know, there's not always a universal requirement for that, so be sure you are also doing your homework. This is something that you're also doing to protect your kid. Number three is to buy and have bottled water. There's also distilled water. I've uh, seen, you know, people drink distilled water, whatever your preference is, as long as you recycle, I'm a-okay with it. If, you know, it's not ideal, that's fine. And if you don't have a, a water filter nearby or even the ones that you can have in your bottles, bottled water is something that you can use, especially if a safe source isn't able to be found. Of course, distilled water, I haven't really tried it, but I do want to try it. You know, I love trying new things. Uh, I haven't heard anything too, too awful about it. I'll do my research and homework on my own, but I'd like to go ahead and try distilled water. As far as the best bottled waters out there, by lists, there were a, a few entertaining videos on YouTube I saw, and one of them was the Guava Juice brand that um, was on YouTube. Not the brand as in like a bottle company themselves, but a funny guy. He's hilarious. His videos are pretty eye-catching and everything. Kind of obnoxious and really colorful but the video was called which bottled water is the best for your health and it has millions of views and then Jeanette J Beauty she has a video called pH balance test on 30 different waters and I watch both videos and they're pretty specific when it comes to which bottles are horrible especially when it's ranked about their pH so pH is pretty important when it comes to your bottled water and so I suggest that you go ahead and check those out. And then last but not least, the fourth tip is to go ahead to the Environmental Working Group's website and uh, check out the tap water section that they have. So their website is www.ewg.org forward slash tap water forward slash. And it's where you can check the information about drinking water quality, their analysis that they've done as far as 32 million state water records they have. And with their database, the 2019 version, their update is online. And so you can search in the U.S. where you live locally how the water quality, quality stacks up amongst uh, different cities, towns, the population, all these different factors that you can look up, and it's all in that database. The eco-fact of the day is that a three-year study finds that car tires are likely the biggest source of microplastics in California's coastal waters. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the January-February 2020 issue. Alright everyone, we've come to the Eagle Company Spotlight, which is a time in Greener Thoughts where if you have an environmentally related product or even service and you want to get your ideas out there about it and have me review it, of course, you can go ahead and have that happen. Of course, I love going ahead and sharing and, you know, receiving information. 
about different companies that are out there. And I've been doing it for a while, since February 2019, and I love it. And the next one that I'm, I have for you, that we can both learn about a bit more together, of course, is Pure Home. P-U-R Home. So we're going to talk about their amazing products, starting with their liquid laundry detergent. So with Pure Home, they make its intention to give you in your family or even anyone just the ability to get your home to its purest clean. Pure Home is also a fellow anchor podcaster, and you can check out their podcast, This Green Life. They were also featured as a guest on the Black Green podcast in episode 12. Pure Home was created by Miss Angela Richardson. And Richardson is a green living advocate who hopes to educate others on how to live an eco-friendly life. Richardson is the CEO and founder of Pure Home and is the formulator and product developer. Now, as you all know, I've been doing for Black History Month spotlights and features of amazing Black-owned brands and businesses that are doing environmentally friendly things with their businesses and with their services. So regarding a pure home, it's amazing as far as its commitment to sustainability and the fact that it has no use for a sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS, or even SLES, anything related to synthetic perfumes, glycol, enzymes, dyes, phosphates, 1,4-deoxane, chlorine, DEA, formaldehyde, petrochemicals, nothing of the sort. Not even caustics or even optical brighteners. Nothing of the sort like that is even in any type of Pure Home product. Pure Home has tons of different ingredients like their sodium carbonate. They have also organic vegetable oil, uh, vegetable uh, soap, sodium chloride, which is a water softener. They have uh, sodium bicarbonate, sodium percarbonate, and all types of other amazing ingredients, including pure essential oils that they use in their products. As far as their product selection, they have specifically cleaning products like their all-natural multi-surface cleaner. They have their laundry products like their liquid laundry detergent and their uh, powder laundry detergent. And they also have amazing uses for their famous all-natural multi-surface cleaner. It's an all-in-one, and it definitely cuts things uh, to, cuts things through, like grease, grime, soap scum, hard water stains, all types of things. And there's no rinsing required, and it leaves no residue. And then when it comes to their multi-surfaces, they also are really great with that because you can use it in the refrigerator inside and out all appliances all countertops any type so stove tops kitchen cabinets walls floors ovens any other kitchen service you can imagine books bookshelves uh, any baby items bedroom furniture or the like they're also great as far as their cleaners on anything within your bathroom as far as the fixtures are concerned and their products also make great glass and window cleaners. Now you can go ahead and contact Pure Home by visiting their website www.pure-home that's p-u-r-home.com. You can also mail them 
at 5370 E. Craig Road, Los Angeles, or Las Vegas, Nevada, zip code 89115 in the U.S. And you can also email them at hello at pure-home.com. And my experience of Pure Home products is in its works because I will be doing an update at a later time with all types of product info in a future episode announcement segment of Greener Thought. The website was recently updated as of early 2020 and and it looks amazing. And so I'll be reviewing a bit more uh, at that time. So a little bit later. So within the website's that you can go ahead and check out Pure Home. You can find them on a ton of different places online. Specifically, their website, purehome.com. That's www.purepur-home.com. And also, blackgreen.com. That's B-L-K-G-R-N.com. Pure Home is on the following social media platforms of Facebook. At Pure Home, that's P-U-R-Home. Instagram at Pure Home Clean and also YouTube at Pure Home. To contact Pure Home, you can go ahead and head over to their website, www.pure-home.com and click Contact Us under the Information tab to go ahead and message them. So thank you for listening in. And I had a fun time with this episode. I learned a bit about water and not so much access, but what people believe is safe because where they live, like what their background is, you know, how much money they have and how that kind of determines and plays a role in what they think about their water and if it's safe, if there's quality to the water. You can go ahead and share this episode. Be free to. Share this episode if you believe that water should be worry-free and if anything, it should be safe. And if you believe that water is a human right, definitely share this podcast episode. Until next time, you all be well and thank you again, as always, for going ahead and tuning in to this podcast episode of Greener Thoughts. I hope that you all take care of yourselves and please take care of the planet. Bye.